da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Well, we thought we would have to wait until this fall to get to talk about DC again. But nope, finally, we get to talk about DC in not such a negative way. I'd never thought this would be the day uh, this early. But here we are to talk about Wonder Woman. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In order to do this, we needed to invite a female critic such as ourselves on the show, but she canceled <laughs> on us like every female in our lives ever has. <laughs> but uh, that's literally what happened. So before yeah. you yell at us for not having yeah. a woman on, we tried really hard. Ease up, and Grace they, King. All right, all, just let us do our they, thing. They all backed out. So yeah. we have the closest thing we can find, and that's and that's Shane. <laughs> yeah. And just happens to be our resident Batman slash DC expert, Shane yeah. Byerly, back on the show. Hey, buddy. Hey, guys. Good to see you again. Good to be back. Good to have you. Um, always, okay. always a pleasure. Yeah. So we're going to talk plenty of Wonder Woman tonight, but, uh, man, kick off the summer, kick off this Mam fam session, hang sesh with our signature segment. In fact, it's patent pending at this very moment. American treasures. I'm ready to talk yeah, yeah. and nominate some ATs tonight. And I, I have a feeling that we're going to be handing out some denim later on. Mm. The evening. <laughs> There's some so denim hot. vests are going to be in the mail by the end of the episode. And, Are you uh, wearing your Teddy Roosevelt hat? I am. I am actually. <laughs> and that's no lie. And I've got my denim vest here on the chair beside me with nice. its American awesome. flag lining. Mm-hmm. So we'll be mm-hmm. probably handing more of those out when we uh, nominate and award some American treasures uh, here this evening. But uh, a little bit of house cleaning uh, notes, I guess. If you have survived, now you see me. You can now prove that with our signature <laughs> shirt. I survived. Now you see me available now. Badaboutmoviespodcast.com slash store. And that is no lie. I'm not, that's not a joke. You can actually buy that and do that. And I I figured we needed to mention that off the top of the show. Yeah. Uh, Not a lot of, as we speak, I'm uh, currently wearing my mam fam shirt and I got to tell everybody (laughs) these shirts are actually really comfortable. So pick them up and you can choose from like one of 50 different colors too. It's not just one thing. Just make it your own. And uh, that's, that's all we're here for is to, uh, help you make this your own. And if you buy one, if when you buy one, uh, like young Shane has, uh, tweet or email us a pick at, uh, at mad about movies on Twitter or mad about movies podcast at gmail.com. Cause we like to see people rocking our, our visages, you know, as they roam around town. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's very cool. So those have been selling really well and we've been really excited, but yeah, always, if you order one, take a picture of yourself in it. It's, uh, or your dog in it, preferably. It's cooler. <laughs> yeah, we like that better, honestly. Yeah, we do like that better. But if it has to be, if you don't have a dog, then 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 you'll do. <laughs> I'm holding out for the uh, how dare you drag Galileo into this <laughs> Galileo literally rolling over Man. in his grave <laughs> two weeks ago. Man. You what? It was a very quotable episode. That That turned out way better than I could have ever expected. There was lots of funny bits and quotes in that in that episode. Well, if I do say so myself, well, we got none to, of them were yeah. mine. So necessity you know. is the mother of invention, my friend. <laughs> when the movie, how are we going to fill this hour? Well, I know Galileo talk. That'll get it done. <laughs> yeah, I got some Bon Jovi rants in the can, <laughs> keistered and ready to rock. Let's do this. Luckily, hopefully, Ooh. we'll have twenty more pirates movies to talk about <laughs> to, to tangentially review in the mm. in the future. 
Had to get that, that money though. So, yeah. Um, well, so the shirts are available, and Richard actually rubbed his face on one of them, and you don't know which one it is. Uh, it's kind of our little golden ticket thing we got going on right yeah. now. So you might be the one that get gets a shirt <laughs> that Richard personally rubbed his face on. And in we're defense, not going to tell you. In my defense, I was super coked up. He was. So. It was. It was only natural at the time. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll be able to tell if it's you. Yeah. It's yeah. not pretty. Those, those stains are hard <laughs> not, to get. Yeah. So yeah. You'll I be was, able to tell if you're the winner. Oh, the, I uh, was sweaty, like end of Scarface, <laughs> just like. <laughs> <laughs> wow beaked out of my scored you know but that's how i like to record when we do throwbacks and i think everyone come to expect that of me yeah it's worth it in the end i think so it is a break i think, I I'm, think a, I'm, I'm, I'm at a heightened place of awareness so we got Let's a bunch of we yeah. got a, you got a bunch of throwbacks coming out over the next few weeks we recorded we're excited about them so those are in they the can good. and they've been scheduled to come out over the next month two months <laughs> and so just refresh your feed every now and then there's or, a great one of Starship Troopers where we lose energy halfway through it and then disappear for a commercial pizza. break, eat a ton of pizza, and come back with a lot of energy. That one's like a little <laughs> Easter egg for you guys out there. Look for that one soon. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we still are awaiting Son of the Richard any day. The Son of the Mass <laughs> know, review man. from Richard. It's coming. I, prom- I know I keep saying it, I- and I mean it when I say it, but uh, for instance, in about five hours, I'm hopping on a plane. And so my life is just crazy right now. So, but as soon as I'm like home and not exhausted, I'll do it. Okay. Well, like I said, it can come when you least expect it, like a thief in the night. It'll just, it'll wake you in your deepest sleep. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Kennedy. Uh, Without further ado, guys, let's discuss some American treasures. Yeah. We do need an official American Treasures theme because uh, yeah. that's only I nominate the yeah. score from Air Force One. <laughs> <laughs> I nominate Florida Georgia Line. Yeah, because they're the most American. That's got two states thing. of America in exactly. It. Mm. I was wondering until those guys are are eligible for AT status because <laughs> they're already in. Boy, boy, have they earned it? Let me tell you. Yeah, they were. Hey. They've been giving the cup work for years. Shane, did I tell you I got a new car? No. I got a brand new Chevy with a lift kit, but it'll get a hell of a lot better with you up in it. That's what they they tell me. (laughs) I get that a lot. Uh, Okay. Um, The way this works is we bring some nominees to the table. People who we think define what is great about American treasure, uh, American treasure-ness, about uh, being an American actor, American public figure, somebody who defines what's great about American culture. And the requirements are very simple. You have to have been in your craft for at least 25 years. You have to be an American citizen. And you have to, Brian and Richard, the most important, mm-hmm. have a sense yes. of humor about oneself. And it's the most very important. Vital. You, have to, you have to be self-aware. That's right. really the only requirement. Have some kind of sense of humor about... Uh, Jokes at your own expense, things of that nature. Yeah, this is a very prestigious award. We're not just handing it out to anybody. So got to got to be real careful about who gets that denim vest with the American lining, American flag lining yeah. on the inside. The vests aren't cheap. They are not yeah. cheap. Like we don't want Jeremy Piven walking around in one of our vests. That would be atrocious. I just yeah. can't. I don't even want to think. I'm angry now that I even brought it up. So gotta make sure Vape, we. Uh, all the vaping really makes it stink too. <laughs> It's been in so many VIP oh, sections, gosh. though, at this point. That's true. You for brand awareness. About, yeah. For, 
It's just good marketing. Um, okay, so Brian, mm. I'm going to ask you to bring your nominee first. And uh, best two out of three wins. So if Richard and I say yes, he's in. If uh, we say no, he's out. There's nothing you can do about it. Sorry. That's right. I'll just get angry and rant about it. So okay, yeah. uh, I'm going to make my case. And it's actually, you know what? I'm not even going to make my case. I'm not even going to check my, my list. I keep a, a very detailed American <laughs> Treasure list on my phone. Uh, I'm not even going to look at it. Uh, and, and if I have to make my case, I will fight all of you. I, I'm just going to say American Treasure Kurt Russell, because this should have been done years ago, and I don't know how we screwed it up. So American yeah. Treasure Kurt Russell. Uh, who's that? I, I don't know, I will Brian. Fight yeah. all of you. <laughs> Not familiar. <laughs> Driving over right now. So hold on. Well, he's the one, he's um, the one yeah. from uh, the hockey movie, right? Right. Yeah, that's what he's known best Miracle. for. Slap shot. Yeah. yeah. No, not slap shot. The I'm one kidding. where he's the coach. Miracle. Yes. Miracle. Miracle. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the guy from uh, Miracle. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's Mystery Alaska. That's the <laughs> hockey movie. It's my favorite yeah. Mike Myers performance. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Russell yep. is the man. Kurt Russell is so cool. He's been cool for, I don't know, 50 years at this point. And uh, I really thought that he was already an American treasure. Or I would have brought him up last time or the time before or the time before that he's the best so uh i i i'm super into kurt russell as i have made my case and so yeah let's let's do it it's time i'll approve i'll you have my oh. you have my approval jump the gun there you just got paul ryan he did <laughs> man i didn't even have a chance he was already in before i could even Speaker shut him down spoken. Yeah. yeah uh man uh kurt russell is extremely american i mean i yeah. i would think of him, if I was to make a movie called America, starring <laughs> Joseph America, I would cast him as Joe. So oh. he he's totally the person that uh, you know. Like um, I think of him, I think of Quentin Tarantino. Uh, I think of Marvel now <laughs> with the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and I mean he can really do it all. He can do yeah, comedy, drama, good. action, and he has done all of them very well, very successfully. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a joy to be around him, him and his yeah. relationship with his wife uh, is one of the best Hollywood couples out partner. there. I don't, I don't think they're married or girlfriend. So, there you go. Partner. Honestly. The person yeah, he's been with if for that's a long American time. Treasure alone, man. I don't pay attention to the technicalities <laughs> of these things. I'm um, trying to live that life myself. Everyone's on my back. About it. <laughs> I know it's really annoying and you need to stop. I didn't want to have to say it. But uh, <laughs> you're gonna need to do that. Uh, no, he's great, Brian, and I would have I would have put him in. He's actually on my list, but a few few more down the list uh, from in my order. But yeah, Sweet. exactly. I would have. All right. It's it's amazing he's not there before, like you said. I know. So, I really Richard. thought I brought him up before. So. Yeah, Richard, you I'll got a uh, a nominee. I do, and like Brian, part of the fun of this is is making a case, and I have I have kind of two I could do tonight. One is a is. A, Definitely a, a North American treasure that I could kind of give you a, a very um, persuasive argument as to why they belong in our Hall of Fame. And eventually they will be in our Hall of Fame. But sometimes a man arises like Kurt Russell that encapsulates everything you want uh, in an American treasure. And you wonder, how has this person not been in, in the, the Hall of Fame before? So I won't even waste the listeners' time, nor you three gents' time. Shane, and this one might be a little inside baseball for you listeners. 
but uh, to the to the three of us plus, and I don't know about Shane, but the to Kent, Brian, and myself, this will be, I think, a no brainer. American Treasure Dag, right? Yes, finally. Gosh, <laughs> how is he not in already? Yeah, Team Dag forever. We we stand for a few things on this podcast. Great film in America and David Allen Greer. Those are the two things we root for on this podcast. <laughs> That's true. We do love Dag. Question though. Yeah. Would Dag fall into the AT category or the uh, the Zons in the middle? You know. I think we go AT because of his Broadway work. You know, if it's just film and TV, I think he's more of a Zon because mm-hmm. the career's never fully taken off. Sure. But multiple Tony nominations, I think, mm-hmm. in that world, he's and and it's Dag. The O'Malley's. I mean, is he yeah, an O'Malley, O'Malley or is he an AT? I don't know, man. That's up for you guys to decide. I'm just Does he have the, the name and recognition of, say, Kurt Russell? Yo-Yo Ma. Yeah. Or Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> or <laughs> The Undertaker. One. <laughs> I love Dag. I love me some Dag. I'm just wondering, does he have the clout that the, uh, the AT name carries? Is he worthy of it? Career wise. Hundred hundred credits to his IMDB, hundred and three credits, and he's been around forever. It's been kind of everything. He's uh, he gets a sitcom every year Instagram. for the past twenty years. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> some kind of pilot of some kind. Yeah. Uh, Carmichael show right now. Right. Yeah. Which is the third season, I think, right now. Yeah. yeah. And it was awesome when they gave him his own sitcom and called it Dag, like Jag. <laughs> Because Jack was on, and they had the same I think ads. That solidifies the case right there. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, wow, David Allen Greer. I'm a big fan. I always have been, mm-hmm. and he's somebody that, given the right material, can really do some great stuff. Uh, take his uh, In Living Color stuff and Jumanji. You might remember him from, mm-hmm. in a very very memorable role there, opposite Robin Williams. Uh, Man, he's somebody you root for. You're you're exactly right. Good movies and Dag. If they they put that on the gravestone, I'm good. The AT could bump him to, you know, more of a name career. I mean, we should use this for good. You know, it's a power that we have as a -hmm. a voting academy. Well, once you get branded with it, like every member has to do, you get the brand, it's kind of unavoidable. (laughs) I mean, you're an American treasure forever, and there's nothing you can really do about it. But it's a good time. Um, yeah, Dag, Dag gets my vote. What would you uh, vote, Shane? Oh, absolutely. I mean, David Allen Greer, like he's kind of one of those guys that he's always around and he's always doing fun stuff, right? Like he might have his own sitcom one year and then the next year he might be the like the narrator introducer guy of the blue collar comedy tour, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. He's all over the map. And like for that alone, like that guy, like people like him. He likes to work and he just seems like a fun guy. And yeah, absolutely. He's American treasure status for sure. Remember when he was cast in the, uh, the bad teacher TV series and we're like, tag. some stuff was just like, tag, you know, but everybody's got to remodel their kitchen every now and again. (laughs) Chocolate news was another one of those. Remember he did like the black daily show for a while. Yeah. That was uh, good. But he has, I have to tell you, I've, I think I've told it once before on the show, but it's been a few years. Brian knows this. Uh, he, David Unger has the greatest Hollywood story or show business story of all time. He went to undergrad at Michigan. He was a theater major. He ended up going to Yale Drama School, but he's a theater or something, you know, arts, li- liberal arts major in, or theater arts major, rather, fine arts major. There we go. Uh, in, uh, in college. And there was this, he had to take ba- like a dance class, like a ballet class. And there was this 
uh, kind of cute girl that he was friends with, but kind of friend zoned in the class. And uh, she she said, hey, I'm going to go see Elvis in a couple weeks. Um, Elvis was still alive, but towards the end, uh, it was fat Elvis touring uh, in Detroit. Would you want to go with me? And he was like, nah, man, that's not cool. At this point, Elvis kind of lame for the young college kids. He's like, I don't want to go to see Elvis. And uh, like, you know, three months later, Elvis dies. And the girl that asked David Unger to go see Elvis when with her became Madonna. So he could have gone and seen Elvis with Madonna and he didn't do it. So that's the greatest showbiz story of all time. <laughs> so he might have been the American Treasure Hall of Fame a lot earlier is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> right there. Yeah. Awesome. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, wow. I wonder what Madonna was like in those days. Crazy. Probably I didn't know she was ever a, didn't know. know she was ever a normal person. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So okay, Dag though. her and Harbaugh. <laughs> so Dag, your vest is on the way. It's hey. custom made. For sure. Congrats. Um, I have a nominee this hey. evening that uh is debatable. I don't know oh. kind of where we're gonna fall on this one, but it's uh that's what we're all about on the show is entertainment. So we'll see here. I'm gonna go ahead and throw this one out. Uh, tonight we're talking Wonder Woman, so I'm going to nominate Hollywood's Wonder Woman for years and years and years. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. American Treasure Meryl Streep. Ooh. This is tough. Because where do you, where do you fall with the sense of humor about oneself? Yeah, that's the hard part, isn't it? Is, it, is she, is she uh, when... when She's up for all these awards and, and she does yeah. the, the speeches like, just stop nominating me and things like that. Is that sincere mm-hmm. or is that a bit or is she like, no, I'm actually the best. Is that what she's saying? <laughs> I can't ever tell. Here's so, my take on Meryl tough. Streep is I like Meryl Streep. I, I will go ahead and say it. And I'll, I will also say this good actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm willing to make that statement. No, she's great. But like <laughs> Overra- overrated people Whatever. rip her for the like mock humility thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like what? What do you expect her to do? to do? Yeah, yeah. like it's just be like, just go like full wrestling heel and right. like make people kiss a ring or not show up to the awards. Like, right? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, yes. What do you? How can you blame she's her? Probably a better actress than you know, random nominee number four. Of course she is, but like, yes, she just kind of laughs it off and oh yeah, it's just an honor to be here. Does she mean that? Of course not. But that's what <laughs> she should do. Like, come on, yeah. people. Yeah. I I kind of feel like it's not her fault that she keeps getting nominated. You know, it's Hollywood who's nominating her. She just she's not uh, she's not in charge of the committee that's making the nominations. In other and words, it's not you know, it's like, not really. I mean, she does some super Oscar Beatty performances. Oh sure, but like I don't think she does Mamma Mia planning to get a nomination. You know what right. I mean? It's not like she's out there trolling for awards every once in a while, sure, because it's a great part. But like, you know, uh. Forrest Foster Jenkins, I don't know. Was she really planning on a... I mean, it's a Hugh Grant movie. Was she planning on an Oscar out of, nomination out of that? You know, she's thrilled to get it, but I don't I don't find her... It's not like she does the... Um, you know, the... Uh, who was it a few years ago, the actress? That, or like Anne Hathaway, like, you know, really hunting mm-hmm. for that Oscar. She's chasing it, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. No, and, and then also there's a little, like, Susan Lucci uh, uh, thing where she doesn't win that often. Sure. So that kind of brings her down to earth, you know? Yeah. So it's like a, with, Hollywood. We, we've established that she's great. You know, we know yeah, Meryl yeah. Streep can act. That's, right. that's like kind of the whole annoyance that people find with her. For, this is her 19th nomination. And you know, it's the fourth win. Like, okay, we get it. She's good. 
move on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of a yeah. thing. She's already royalty. It's that, like, why keep giving her different crowns, you know? Sure. Uh, the, but you know what? I think she's great, super talented, and defines what's great about being an actress in America. She's pretty funny. Know? She yeah. really is. Yeah. Yeah, I would even take it a step further. I would say that I, at this point in her career, I enjoy her off screen much more than I do yeah. on screen. Uh-huh. I think she, it, not that she's not still very good. It's just, you know, we've seen it. It's fine. We're, I, I'm at the point where it's just like, can we just stop giving her nominations? Because we, uh-huh. we know it's she's great. It's fine. Let's move on. Let's do something different. I don't know. Can she not sing anymore? But uh, her presence in interviews and uh a cat whatever award shows and stuff like that i always quite enjoy uh, she's someone yeah enormous grace you know yes 100 percent. she she has a it's a it is difficult to be in her position because you she has to know that it's it's really annoying to a lot of people but what's she supposed to do just start doing ricky and the flash every year i mean like she's got she can't she can't just like it's meryl like, streep and rob schneider in <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh gosh. Um, you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of like griping at a, uh, I don't know, at a basketball team for continuing to shoot threes when they're up by 20 points. It's like, well, look, that's their job. Their job yeah. is to go out and make and score buckets. So her job is to, is to do, put in good work in good movies. So she does it. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm out there. She though. I know what a jerk. Yeah. Wow. I'm actually surprised. We all, y'all were in, in favor. I thought we would maybe have a little debate going on here. No, I think she totally deserves it. She's great. The only thing more boring than Meryl being nominated every year is people hating on Meryl getting nominated. Yeah. Like such a boring arc. It is kind of a lame joke. It's been said. All right. Uh, So there you go. Wow. And that's a, that's a cool apartment. Welcome Meryl. That, that that one, Kurt Russell, Dag and Meryl Streep. They are going to have some stories. Those are going to be fun. Two, uh, two Yale drama alums. Nice. With Dag and Meryl. So Man. that's pretty awesome. good. Good this, day. For, this episode uh, is definitely going to go down as the episode you guys filled some glaring holes in the American <laughs> treasure. <laughs> exactly. Very Hall exactly. of Fame there. Very true. Yeah. Hey, Shane has a point. He texted me during it. Kent, I, I think you. I'm pretty sure you nominated, but he's not. We might need to update the artwork. Shane noticed that Larry David, not an American treasure. That's been done, right? I think so. I swear, Maybe. Yeah, I think it early on. Maybe. So, Shane. Jay, nominate Larry David just in case. <laughs> if Larry David has not been nominated, yeah, I hear you for nominate Larry David. <laughs> yeah, the greatest comedic writer in the history of comedy, film, and television I'll check to be nominated. We might have talked about him. We might have talked about him being an AT at some point without ever officially bringing him I on the AT segment. The or we did, or something. Maybe around when he was doing the Bernie Sanders stuff was probably most likely. Yeah. What but, we uh, really need is yeah. we need an intern to go back and listen to every episode and tell us everything that we talked about. I'm pretty sure we we've gotten pretty caught up. I added about six or seven. Yeah. We, yeah. Well, the we, thing is, it's hard to get these guys in to get right. their portraits taken. I mean, <laughs> you have to be on their schedule and you have to come in and they won't sit, do it in black and white. Painting. Yeah, exactly. Oh. It's tough and tough it has to, to be just people, right. You know, every single time it has to be just right. And I'm on their schedule more than anything. <laughs> James Carville. Also, pleasure when he got his head shot. It was just but could he, pleasure. He wouldn't hold still, though. Just kept shaking could not his head. Hold and still, but nice guy. I was holding a snake. <laughs> Super nice guy. Okay. It's a good class, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's close the book on the American Treasure Hall of Fame for this time. The ink is dry. The quill is back in, uh, in its rightful place. Until next time, we will maybe induct some more American Treasures.
Uh, the after party is going to be awesome. I can't wait to be mm. there after the show. It's going to be a fun. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a break here. Come back and then talk about Wonder Woman. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. So I think I speak for all of us when I say it's good uh, to be here tonight and to not, uh, I, I know I'm not going to have, just want to hurt myself after this episode, like most of the time, like I did for, for Beavis. Yeah, uh, what BVS. a standard, a standard to live up to. I know. I just don't want to hurt myself. It, yeah, so. you're right though. The standard is pretty low, but yep. man, uh, this movie blew up after uh, this past weekend and uh, now it's uh it, it reigns as a lot of people's favorite superhero movie and uh, it, it it seems to have ignited a lot of positivity in the Warner Brothers spectrum the DC spectrum these days and i got to say this was a really solid effort a really solid movie and i was impressed with it i mean i don't know what else to say um it was pretty much everything i hoped it would be uh, I don't know if it if it exceeded my wildest expectations for what a superhero movie can be or anything like that, but again, did not expect it to. Um, this is a solid, solid uh, home run for Warner Brothers and Wonder Woman, and uh, it might not be a grand slam, but it's a freaking home run, and it's a solid, solid movie, and I'm excited to talk details with y'all, but that's just my general thoughts on it, and uh, you know what? Never, never saw this coming. Never thought this would happen. <laughs> just given the track record, not given the source material or the people involved or right. anything like that. Just given the track record of the judgment of Warner Brothers. It's it's a purely judgment at this point is what I've 
been able to decipher is the problem. It's just bad judgment in a lot of areas. And they seem to be past that, at least temporarily. So I'm excited. But uh, Shane, I'll give you the first word tonight. What are, what are your yeah. thoughts on this? What were you expecting and, and how do you feel coming out? You know, Honestly. I mean, it's obviously it's been no secret that uh, the DC universe has been kind of rocky uh, at best. I mean, people, you know, some people like Man of Steel, some people dislike Man of Steel. A lot of people like Batman, Superman, dislike Batman, Superman. A lot of people didn't. And then, of course, Suicide Squad was kind of universally panned. So not a great track record so far. I didn't really know what I had expected kind of going into this. I had heard rumors that Wonder Woman was a mess. I had heard rumors that it was great. And I was, you know, very pleasantly surprised by this movie. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think, you know, on a general level, my biggest, the, the pleasure with this movie was that for the first time in the DC universe, it felt like this movie was actually made by one person. Like it felt like it was directed by the director and that was it. I think the biggest problem that the DC universe has is it seems like 38 people in Warner Brothers and DC are trying to stick their fingers in the cookie jar and kind of figure out how the movie should be. And this kind of felt like the first film where it was like, oh, one person is kind of crafting the story here. And as a result, it, it, it's a much better, more solid, you know, kind of story all the way through. I, I Yeah, I think this movie was great. Yeah, it, I noticed right off the top that unlike Batman v Superman, which you felt like they were trying to do Man of Steel and then a Batman origin movie and then a Justice League origin movie all in one. You know, this really felt more like an isolated experience and just telling this one character's story and again there are easter eggs and kind of plot references to future and past films but not nearly to the extent of the other movies and it was just refreshing in that sense but uh brian absolutely i know you're anxious what's up yeah it was my expectation was was nil and I, i've said on i said before like they've got a dc has to do maybe five good movies before I will ever expect anything out of them again. Cause I've just, it's not just that I've been burned. It's that I've been assaulted and burned. Like it's just, it's just the last, <laughs> the last two, I, you know, I strongly dislike man of steel, but, but BBS and, and suicide squad are, are truly two of the worst movies that I've ever seen. And I, you know, and that shouldn't happen. It should not be the case. Um, with those movies it should be impossible to make that happen so you gotta you really have to prove it to me at this point um i love the trailers i love the cast i like patty jenkins or at least i thought i i could see how she can make this uh a movie that i would enjoy but i i kind of went in just saying like just just please be just like a b minus that's all i really need is just be a b minus let me come out of this thinking oh that was that was fine you know can it just be fine is that what a what a low standard and uh but dude i was blown away now it's possible that some of that is the expectation uh whether that's fair or not we go into i go into guard i went into guardians of the galaxy with a different level of expectation than i went into this um and maybe that plays a part in it but you know i think it's a little rocky in the beginning uh but once chris pine comes on board and once they she gets off the island and gets into the real world man i loved it i had so much fun with this movie it was a it was a little bit lighter not necessarily um you know the themes are are pretty heavy and and dark but they did it in a patty jenkins did it in a, in a much more uh, watchable way a much more enjoyable way and um and there's there's a little bit of of comedy and there's more than three colors on screen which i didn't know was possible in dc universe so that's that's good too 
Um, no, I, re- I really liked it a lot, and I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited that we have something, if nothing else, if the next three DC movies are terrible, which I, I mean, I've looked at Justice League, <laughs> Justice League, and then Aqu- everything I've seen in Aquaman, at least for me personally, looks just atrocious. Like, I can't, I don't know, aesthetically, it looks awful to me, and then Flash just can't get anything right. That needs to be scrapped at this point. So, if nothing else, this serves as kind of a waste, like a way station of positivity, something that maybe somewhere down the line, even if it's not built upon come end of this year and into next year, then it could be built upon moving forward um, once they kind of clear out the dust and, and, and figure out what they, uh, what they want to do or how to maybe make more good movies like this. But yeah, dude, I, re- I really liked it a lot and I'm, I'm, I'm enthused about it. Richard, how about you? Yeah, I know. I think I think I was probably higher on this going in than than you guys. We talked about it, gosh, two or three years ago when it was announced. Um, and then as we kind of, and I, you know, I think I said in the last couple weeks ago, if any of these are going to be good, it's going to be this one. Yeah. Just because I like the director they chose. I like that that was an out of the box choice. Um, I liked I liked who they picked for the lead. I like Chris Pine. You know, like everything kind of in the production level wise, they seem to get right. So it was like if they screw this one up, then their post production process is a me- is even more of a mess than we thought because this mm-hmm. is kind of an interesting thing. It's all these are all original, uh, not copycat choice. They they took their time making this movie. This movie was announced several years ago. That's been the biggest thing with with the DC WB universe. You know, everyone uh, talks about how much we must hate DC. First off, I don't even I honestly until three years ago, didn't even know what superhero was in what. So it's not like I have a team. Uh, but, and if I did know them, they were DC uh, heroes. But, you know, the, the I, I think the, the the major problem was is that Marvel got out to such a big lead on DC. Not, not so much in even success, but just in sheer movies made and like narrative arc told. And uh, WB and DC tried to make up that gap in like two movies as opposed to like seven. Uh, and so, um, this didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like that kind of desperate, uh, yeah, I'll be whatever. And it was not an easy, like, I feel like this was to, to Jenkins credit and the DC and WB's credit. Uh, the thing this reminded me most of was the first Thor movie in that this was really probably hard narratively to get right. This is harder to make a good wonder woman than probably a good Batman movie. Yeah. Um, just because 100%. it's so kind of out there and, um, it's not even the the female lead certainly plays into that, but I don't think. I mean, I certainly don't care. I mean, I just want cool superheroes. I don't really care. Uh, uh, I don't like really factor in genitalia on either side of it, you know, uh, on on superheroes. So I, I don't really care on gender. Uh, but uh, it was kind of like it reminded me of like if if Thor had been what this feels like is if Thor, which was really good, I thought had been as awesome as it was but like iron man it was just terrible you know it was like whoa that was cool how did they do how did they pull that off but not this right. other thing this was so much easier to get right um so i don't know it, it's it's uh you know with joss whedon involved i think this kind of like feminist bent or bend of of dc could be an interesting kind of direction for them to go certainly would be different than marvel and and that's good i think they should aspire to be different and uh, this movie was fun, which these movies haven't try- even attempted to be. I don't think. I mean, Shane is someone who likes Batman versus Superman. Um, then that's fine. You 
you think it's good and stuff, but like it's even you would say it's not like a particularly like fun popcorn movie. It's it's attempting to be dark and brooding and all these things. Oh, absolutely. And, and Wonder Woman was it, it was okay to be fun. Oh my gosh, in a in a June release, how how great was that to like actually be able to enjoy myself in the movie theater in a superhero film? And uh, and uh, it was just it was it was really interesting. I it's but it all depends on how DC reacts. Sorry, we know Joss is kind of finishing up Justice League. Who knows yeah. how much of his own stamp he'll be able to put on that. But if if DC takes this as validation of this idea of, of hiring, you know, interesting young directors and kind of more no not no name, but lesser known stars and building original universes around them, then this is great and, and we are all for that and we'll be yeah. the biggest DC fanboys you've ever seen because we don't care. Um if they take this as validation of eh. You know, we took a few to get started, but now we're rocking and uh, let's let's make Aquaman. Here it comes, baby. Then mm-hmm. it's it's going to just be an aberration. So hopefully yeah. it's the former, not the latter. Um, but I think this franchise uh, and we made the joke on Twitter, Brian, and I can't know which would be one of you wrote the tweet. It's like, how do we get Wonder Woman in mm-hmm. all of these movies constantly? But mm-hmm. how do we get Jenkins involved as much as we can? Because that's kind of creative force. I don't know. But this is. Yeah. Certainly will be a interesting thing, and I'll, I'll shut up here in two seconds on, on how DC, you know, moves on from this. Right. What do they learn? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. And man, I remember retrospectively though when we did talk Batman v Superman, that we all really enjoyed Wonder Woman in that movie. Oh, and, she's and by we, far the best part. And of we movie. said, yeah. you know, wow, that's really something they could build off here if they do it right. And I think retroactively, too, it makes that scene a lot cooler. This movie does. If you go back and watch Batman v Superman, should you, you know, request or want to watch anything involving jars of pee randomly? I don't know why you would. Uh, You could do that. And and it it brings a whole new kind of context to that as well. Now that we know who the Wonder Woman character. So maybe, you know, they, they would have flipped it. Around and maybe had this movie come out before they debuted Wonder yes. Woman on the big screen, yes. that would have would have been a lot more that. effective. Good yeah, gosh. yeah. But yeah. you know, they didn't have a choice really. Like you said, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they really had to rush to kind of get these characters out there into the public. And just from pure conception, they didn't have to. They just right. wanted. They chose. Yeah, to. yeah exactly. like that's and that's the point. Is like how much better would Batman v Superman be if Wonder Woman wasn't in the movie at all? Right? Like how awesome would it be if this was your introduction to Wonder Woman? Because it's right. a great introduction to you know to everybody for Wonder Woman and Batman Superman would be a better film instead of somebody you know in corporate saying, "Hey, well, no, Justice League is coming, so you got to awkwardly shoehorn Wonder right. Woman into a plot that doesn't need her at all, or you know that we don't have time for." You know, it felt a little bit yeah. like that when Marvel did the same thing with Spider-Man with Tom Holland in Civil oh, War. They're like, oh, sure. we have the rights to Spider-Man now. Well, how can we get him in Civil War? And they <laughs> kind of crammed a scene together in reshoots of him and Robert Downey Jr. And, uh, you know, they're going to base the movie off that or, or whatever. But it, it would feel a lot more genuine if they did it. You know, they, we, we knew these characters before we're having to care about who they are in these like team up type of movies. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm still on the record as saying Batman v Superman should have never even happened. And they never should have even had that. Yeah, they should have had Man of Steel and then maybe a Batman origin movie if you want to reboot Batman of some in some way. You know, I realize it hadn't been that long since Christopher Nolan, but you you were you were moving on. You needed to do something. And or maybe even do Man of Steel two and then do Wonder Woman and Aquaman and the Flash and then do Justice League. That yeah. would have been uh, it would have made a lot more sense narratively right. for all this. Totally. It, it, it's just a bad look 
you know, among other things, but maybe this will attract some other, some good, the fact that this movie was so well received critically, commercially, maybe this will attract some really good directors to DC. Maybe they'll, cool characters, man. you know, like Joss Whedon, we know is on board. He's doing a Batgirl movie. And I know he's helping out Zack Snyder with Justice League and things like that at this moment, but maybe this will attract some really cool directors over that way. That's what they need. They need they need people with uh with the spark to make this their own. Patty Jenkins yeah. has been trying to get make this movie forever. She knew what she wanted yeah. to do with this movie. And it all it took was DC giving her the go ahead and I don't know how hands off they were with this, but they right. but the they they collaborated <laughs> yeah. with her. On it, and I yeah. think from from pure con, busy with the other stuff, which is a good thing for her. They're probably busy with Justice League, which is probably uh-huh. right. Sure, yeah, they're probably like, oh, this will come out, it'll be you know whatever. If it does well, whatever. I'm sure yeah. they did not expect this to be the sensation that it's been. And uh, I think just from pure you know concept of the idea to everything we've seen from the announcement to you know the first still that was released to here's what the costume is going to look like for Wonder Woman. Oh, here's our first teaser out of the trailer of Wonder Woman. Everybody's liked everything the entire time. And I can't really say that for any other DC character. Uh, we haven't liked Superman the entire time along the way. We liked some trailers here and there, like some parts of some movies, and maybe some people fell in his costume the other way. You know, Batman's whole thing has been panned for the most part, other than uh, Ben Affleck, the acting bro. choice. Right. But I think everybody has liked everything about Wonder Woman from day one since they started to reboot this thing. And that's really yeah. cool. I think that's well, to uh, me, this just yes. proves it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you hit on a couple of things there. Like you, you need good directors and you, you need filmmakers that have a vision and, uh, and know what they're doing. Patty Jenkins does. So that helps. But this is also the movie of all these films that films that feels the least like, like it spawned from the brain of Zack Snyder. And I don't, I, I don't want to trash Zack Snyder cause I know what, you know, he's going through a lot of personal stuff and that's awful. But as a, as a filmmaker, I cannot stand what he, his vision is for for film and this one this doesn't feel like it's honestly this wonder woman feels like a marvel movie much more so than a dc movie just it has the um it has an aesthetic that is a sense of humor <laughs> has a sense of humor that's a whole nother story but yes yes but it it doesn't have that it felt to me like patty jenkins very early on in the process said this is my movie and get out of the room basically and pushed out the vision and that's been my concern more than anything else, that is my concern with Flash and Aquaman and Justice League is almost a lost cause to me. I just don't see, I don't know. In reg- okay, but um, for Aquaman and, and for the Flash, and, and I said this during our Batman v Superman episode, and I probably reiterated it during Suicide Squad, I worry that the vision that has been created for this universe is going to be too difficult to outrun and to get away from, and that it's going to take um, almost like a full-on reset and reboot to be able to get away from that. And instead of doing that, we they insisted on doing Justice League the way that Justice League has been done. They're insisting on doing Aquaman the way that it's being done, and they're insisting on continuing to try to make Flash happen when I just don't see how it's going to happen in its current form. So, like, <laughs> this movie, Patty Jenkins did a fantastic job of setting the tone and the uh, the feel and the aesthetic and the the narrative the whole nine yards it seems very clear to me that she did her thing and can is is it james wan that's doing aquaman can he do that with aquaman can whoever ends up directing the freaking flash can they do that with flash i actually i I think it's me 
honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let us know if you if you need us, DC. We can probably. <laughs> I don't know. We can make it work. So it, it's I don't know. Like that's that's what gives me pause as far as like we had so many tweets and emails, which has I been hired fantastic. Roddy to play the press. <laughs> He's very sad though. Sean Marion's finger is the villain. It's probably yeah. a super inside joke. Um, I <laughs> so I, I we've had so many emails and tweets and stuff like that saying like this is you know this is set the record straight. This is now everything's on the right path. And I just I just feel like maybe this movie is great, and I am so stoked for Wonder Woman two and for whatever uh, Patty Jenkins wants to do and whatever Cal Gadot wants to do. And I think that that's great. I just would say let's pause on thinking that one movie is going to change the course of the DC Warner Brothers universe, given what we already know about what is yet to come our way. You like know? the inverse of completely the agreed. The Marvel thing, right? It's like Marvel was rocking, and then Thor two sucked, and it didn't mean that all of Marvel was going to be terrible. Like the right. inv- it's like the inverse exactly of that right. problem, you know? Yeah. It's like let's wait. If the next one's bad, then there's a there's a pattern. If the next one's good here, then, then we have a good pattern. Oh boy, right? Let's let's get excited about DC now. But uh, you know, but but don't you know? Yeah, no, you're totally right. If Justice League turns out to be as good as this, I will be. Oh, oh yeah, I'll that starts forward. to change everything. That is everything. Everything yeah, changes. That's game changer. I mean, yep. Sure. They can Absolutely. if they can hit that one out of the park, they're back in business. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, totally. I'll say no, it I right agree. here, right now. I'll be the first to admit I was wrong about those movies if they get things back on track to that extent. Right now, they've turned the car back on the highway. Let's see how far down the road they can get before completely crashing and burning. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this is yeah, there's still going smoke to be... pouring out of the engine. Right, exactly. <laughs> They've got an experienced mechanic on hand, so it's good. They're on lap one of 200, you know, in the race. <laughs> finally, they're finally on the track, though. So we can say that about them. Yeah. But, this... but Brian, I yeah. I totally agree with you. I mean, it's it's I don't know. I mean, Patty Jenkins must have come in with a vision for this movie so strong that Warner Brothers, it seems like for the first time in this DC universe, just completely got out of her way and let her make her movie. And it totally shows this movie reeks of having a singular vision. And I mean that in the best way possible, where almost every other movie so far, you know, like you would know if, if the Warner Brothers corporate people got involved with this movie, because out of inexplicably nowhere there would have been a scene where wonder woman gets knocked into the ocean and she just has a five-minute conversation with aquaman like right does it make sense there's no reason for it but you can totally see a marketing executive saying like oh well you know aquaman's coming so we gotta you know get people in on this whole thing so just randomly throw aquaman in the movie and then patty jenkins is left going that makes no sense why would that happen that doesn't matter you know but then she's got to do it because these people are signing the checks to make the movie Right. And for the first time in the DC universe, they just let her make a movie. And I think, you know, I, I think that a lot of these guys, I think David Ayer, I think Zack Snyder, I think whoever ends up directing, uh, uh, not Aquaman, uh, the flash and, you know, James Wan, I think these guys know how to make a good movie, but it's hard to make a good movie when you cap them at the knees yeah. and tell them they have to work in all this marketing stuff that makes no sense. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, the movie costs $250 million. We got to make our money back. So it's it's so great to see this movie kind of finally get through on a singular vision and the the work is better for it. Absolutely. I think it helps this movie and we we should probably start talking about the actual movie at some point. But the I think (laughs) it helps that it's set when it's set because it makes it harder to tie in all the other shenanigans that are happening in this universe. Like she might have been crazy like a fox doing by doing that. Getting into into that 
And then right. be like, oh, I guess like, oh, I guess we couldn't work the Flash right. into this narratively. Right. Huh. Yeah. The Flash is negative 80 years old. Yeah. So that's I think that helps a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And it feels I, I don't know. It feels so more, so genuine that the movie is set when it's set. You're right. It feels mm-hmm. like they did. They weren't even thinking about any of the other movies other than the little scene at the beginning, the little Easter egg or whatever with Bruce Wayne and that kind of plot point. But they don't come back to that until the very last scene, and yeah. uh, it's not. It's not even mentioned. None of the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. none of the Justice League is even thought of. Literally gosh, that, at any point that filled me movie. with dread. That opening yeah. scene literally filled me with dread. I was like, Oh my gosh, no, no, please don't, don't do this. I thought this was going to be the one where I was safe. Maybe that, that really made me nervous. And they went away from it so fast. And I'm, I cannot yeah. tell you how happy I was that well, that didn't come to pass. When Rachel McAdams showed up to Louvre, I knew they were going back in time <laughs> at some point. And they did. Uh, I think it's really cool how uh, she's a character that really is like, the woman Captain America. I mean, she represents yeah. everything that American ideals are about. She's an American treasure in over of herself. And it's a very similar origin story to Captain America, but done with sure. so much more intrigue and so much more flair than the first Avenger was done with. And I did not expect that. I really liked the first Avenger. I didn't mm-hmm. expect this to be a better version of that because I think that's a really solid superhero origin movie and did a really, really good job setting up the character so that Captain America could become what he is now, which is the probably the number one character on the Marvel side of things other than, uh, than Iron Man, than Robert Downey Jr., just pure, because of the pure persona that Robert Downey Jr. is. Uh, but that character of Captain America is probably, probably number one over there. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman leapfrogged Batman and Superman in my eyes with this movie. <laughs> as far as being the the badass leader superhero that we've wanted out of these movies, and Gal Gadot did a did a really really good job with this movie. I was nervous about it because I hadn't seen her really lead anything before. We've seen her in several other movies, and of course as Wonder Woman previously, but I uh, never never thought of her really as a leading lady. Until now, I know, nobody did. I think it's really beneficial that they went with a semi-unknown for this character just because of how the power of the character is. You are going to be Wonder Woman for the rest of your life. You can't escape yeah, she it. She did such a good she job. She is Wonder you Woman. can't think of anybody else, Yeah, right? she is. She's, she's her. She's the, the, the hero. She's like born for the role kind of a thing. And it, yeah. she's absolutely great as Diana. You look at her and it's it's almost it's one of those situations where I would imagine that she she may genuinely be able to say that her um, her her beauty has hurt her career in some ways, because you look at her and you think a goddess, such a pretty face. She can't. (laughs) I mean, she looks like she was genetically engineered in a lab somewhere, as does like Chris Hemsworth or somebody like that. You know, you look at her and you think there's no way she can be a good actress. They just cast her because she's pretty. And then. She gets in there and you're like, this girl's awesome. A, she's great. She's, I think she totally, I think she can act. So that's, that's good. That, that helps, right? If you have an actual actress in the role, but gosh, the, the charisma and the personification of that character, she does such a, she embodies it perfectly. And then you're totally right, Shane. Like you're immediately like, there's no one else in the world that could play this character. Right. She, I'm, I'm excited to see what. That's J-Lo. 
<laughs> remember that yeah. the rumored j-lo oh, wonder man. woman like yeah. really i don't remember that. adrian adrian oh, yeah. palicki from the tv show <laughs> yeah Ooh, that was a bad pilot too mm, mm. i remember that wow but yeah this is the first like version of the character that hasn't been completely laughed off the face of the earth you know and uh i understand the original wonder woman has a place in nostalgia uh lore but yeah, Linda done. Carter is 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 one was the Wonder Woman, but man, I'm surprised they didn't try to work her into this movie in oh, some way. I know. I like if she that. was one of the Amazon uh, Amazonians <laughs> yeah. or whatever at the beginning, that would have been maybe a cool. Or if she was her mother when she was a child, or Diana was a child, would have been maybe a cool little moment. But they didn't feel the need to do any of that stuff. I was nervous. With Robin Wright in this movie, I'm not too mm-hmm. big into her, and she was a badass in this movie. I know I said that word <laughs> earlier, but that's the only word I can think of to describe the character. It was awesome to see these ladies, uh, you know, training and and becoming warriors, and just the way they looked and acted. And I mean, I wanted to be living on that island. You know, I wanted to train with them. That was awesome the way they they set that up. And it's you know, like you mentioned Thor earlier, Richard. You have to bring some kind of, not supernatural, but something a little myth- mythological to this movie in order to explain the origin of Wonder Woman. And I love how they do it so tongue-in-cheek throughout the whole movie. Uh, I think the scene that probably works the best as far as doing a few things, as far as character building, as far as telling you some backstory and you know some origin story of the whole thing, and also... Uh, is a really funny scene is when they're laying in the boat and you know Chris Pine and and Diana are having that whole uh come sleep with me funny kind of moment but and she he says well where's your dad because the whole time I was thinking well, are there no men on this entire island you know like how do, where do the dads go how are they ever going to explain that is this just a an Isle of Women. I didn't know the origin of that at all. I was like, how are they going to explain that? And they they throw one line in there where she's like, well, I was molded from clay from Zeus. You know? And he's like, that's neat. You know? And that's <laughs> right. all you had to say. And I was like, okay, I'm on board. She was molded from clay from Zeus. Like, that's... Doesn't have a dad. Don't need any more explanation to that. And it was a funny moment. And it, uh, it was building the, the characters of Diana and Steve and their relationship and everything. It was very, very well executed. And I, that that scene really had the setup to be really cringy at the beginning, and, yeah, and it totally. really worked in almost every aspect. But the Steve character may be a little confusing. When I mentioned Captain America earlier, I heard people actually thinking that that was Chris Evans, and that was Steve Rogers, you know? His name's Steve Trevor in the movie, and it's Chris mm-hmm. Pine. And Chris Pine did this whole bit in his monologue on SNL about, I'm not Chris Pratt, I'm not Chris Evans. <laughs> Uh, I'm not Chris Hemsworth. I'm Chris Pine. And there was this whole thing about the Chris's and maybe that's a little bit confusing, but Chris Pine like holds this thing together. Like if, if, yeah. if that was somebody else or if that character didn't work, I don't think this movie works. Just, you know, it doesn't matter how good Gal Gadot is. Chris Pine was that, that much better. I'm not that much better, but just as good. Yeah. And really I think it's- held his own weight in this movie. The whole time I thought it was Chris Kirkpatrick. <laughs> Shardy, Shardy. from NSYNC uh, wow yeah I think the movie still Great works dread. if Chris Pine Chris Pine is not 
doing Chris Pine stuff, but it's a different movie, right? Like it's it becomes a completely a different. Yeah, yeah it's, it's heavier, and it's it's not that uh, Gal Gadot can't handle the pressure of carrying the whole thing herself, but Chris Pine plays kind of a. We're seeing over the last year with between this and Hell or High Water and some of the other little stuff that he's done, you, you kind of start to see that he is a very he's a much more rangy actor than what yeah. people want to give him credit for because this is. He is 100 percent. Uh, he's 100 percent the the supporting actor here, and so to play, uh, he she needs somebody to play off of, especially once they get uh, into into London and uh, into the front of the war and all that sort of stuff. Like she needs somebody to work off of, and he provides that beautifully. He's he's great. He's he's really really good. He's he's always been a favorite of mine, and I feel like the last year has kind of justified how I feel about him. He's he's fantastic. Yeah, he, he, you're right. He's kind of doing Chris Pine things uh, in this, and uh, but it's a necessary role, and it's a he absolutely he absolutely crushes it. I love the scene where she rescues him with the plane crash. The whole aspect of the bubble around the island and everything. For some reason, I completely bought that. You know, I like that's a really cool kind of sci-fi comic booky way to keep a hidden island, and it was kind of like the village, you know. Like they, yeah. they, they, they didn't know anything else, you know, which sure. that scene where the, I guess it's the German army attacks the Island is a really cool scene where they're kind of seeing these guns and these people for the first time ever with their primitive, yeah. you know, their bows and arrows and horses and everything is a really cool juxtaposition of the kind of Ewoks versus the empire kind of a thing. You know, it was a really cool way to kind of kick off the action in this movie. Maybe my only complaint with this, and this might seriously be my only complaint with the movie, it take in my opinion, just personally, it took a little too long to get to Wonder Woman, to get the awesome reveal that we do get of Diana in the battle and everything. The first kind of hero shot we get of Wonder Woman. Maybe could have come 15 minutes before it came in the movie. There's a lot of humor in the movie, there's a lot of setup. There's a lot of origin stuff about her childhood and, and you know growing up and everything like that. Maybe that could have been shortened, and we could have gotten more Wonder Woman. Because once Wonder Woman is Wonder Woman in the movie, she's awesome, and you never want to take your eyes off the screen at, at her being doing her thing in almost every sense of the word. And that I could have used more of that. Maybe that's just what they want. They want you craving more of of seeing her. On screen, just, you know, not even in the action scenes, but once she kind of discovers her identity as, you know, takes on the responsibility of the hero, it's really powerful and really, really good. And before, it's kind of like, you know, the scene where they have her picking out the dresses and all that, it's really kind of more of a fish out of water kind of a story, you know? Sure. Yeah. And like Elf or something like that. I hate that's a bad comparison, <laughs> yeah. but it's no, like. I made, yeah, I said that during the movie, like to whoever I was sitting next to, I was like, this is very elfish. <laughs> or it's like that, that Tom Hanks movie, Splash. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's I can't, yeah. can't, if I may, I, I, I will say, I, I see where you're coming from. I think 
because this is the first Wonder Woman movie ever, mm-hmm. yeah. I think you get that breathing room of we need to know who Diana is and where she comes from I agree. and and who she is as a person. So you get to do this once. So mm-hmm. that way, when she's, you know, fighting and kicking butt at the end of the movie, it means a little bit more. But you I only agree. get to do this once, right? It's like we talked about this way back in Batman Superman. I swear to God, if I see the pearls right. dropping on the city street one more time, you it's know who Batman is. Yeah. You know what he's all about, right? So it's like you get the one origin story of, you know, of a Wonder Woman. It's like the, what the Captain America movies have done. Like they don't reintroduce Captain America every single time. You get the <laughs> one origin movie and then you just kind of move on. So I totally see what you're saying. And I think it might have dragged a slightly a little bit, but I do think that you get the one chance to introduce her and then you just kind of move on from there, you know? Yeah, Nate. But to your exact point, though. Batman, Superman, we've seen her do awesome action, Wonder Woman stuff before. So we knew what she was. I knew what she was capable of the entire time. I was just like waiting for those moments, maybe a little bit too long. If this had been George, if for first time we'd seen Wonder Woman on screen, I would I would feel different for sure. I would. I I just felt like it. It it was like uh, you got to get some stuff out of the way. I understand before you can move on, but it it was everything I wanted it to be once it got going, once they get basically, uh, once she joins forces with Steve, it, it's, it's just smooth sailing from, 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 I, I agree with you, Brian, to your point earlier of once it gets, it takes a while to get going, but once it gets going, it doesn't stop. And I really like that, mm-hmm. uh, about it. Uh, Dr. Poison and that whole thing. Did, how do we feel Richard maybe about the, antagonist it did remind me of red skull in a sense too yeah very much same that when you you know when not at the time but when you brought up the uh the uh captain first avenger parallels that was the first oh that's what he's talking about you're totally right there um you know dc's known for their kind of classic villains that's definitely a thing they have over marvel i think marvel we we've talked about on the show has has much weaker villainry this wasn't a great this was a pretty mediocre villain i thought um uh, good performance, but like not not super crazy high stakes. You know, sure. kind of your average smaller superhero stakes. But but uh, but but fitting for this kind of movie. I it's a movie where you're really getting to know a world and a character, and uh, you don't really need like, you know, it's more it's more uh, Raza Ghoul than than the Joker, which is fine. Yeah, you didn't really need much. You needed something though, and I thought the Doctor Poison thing was. Uh, maybe hit a little too close to home for me as far as like the circumstances of the war and everything. I, I really like how Steve, uh, Chris Pine talks about the severity of war and how Diana is just so confused by the concept of it, you know? And this is really kind of eye opening and does a commentary on war itself, you know? And what it means, and why people have wars, and what do they really solve, and everything. And uh, I didn't expect that from this movie at all, to have kind of a historical commentary mm-hmm. about it. And it really did. And what is, how did you feel about the, I guess, antagonist side of things, Brian? I thought they were fairly weak. I might be done with Danny Houston in most movies. I just, I don't know. I used to really like seeing him on screen, because he kind of has this... Um, this devilish charisma to him, but I kind of feel like he's doing the same thing in every movie. So he, he was yeah, totally the, the bigger problem to me than, um, 
than Dr. Maru or what was Dr. Poison than she was. I thought she was pretty good. She didn't get a whole lot to do. And, you know, that's fine. There's enough characters. We're trying to build a whole universe at this point. And, you know, there's a spoiler alert of as to who the actual villain of, of the movie is, you know. But I, Danny Houston was, was – that was one of my, you know, two or three complaints about the movie is he's, like, it's not quite over the top, but he's doing this – every time he, like, sniffs the – the poison or whatever it is, just like what are we doing here? I don't know. That 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 felt pretty pretty weak. The the bit where they throw the <laughs> the smoker the the poison into the bunker and uh, and then run off laughing, I was just like, that's really that was that was a an outlier scene in a in a very good movie that probably could have been left on the cutting room floor. Just it really really hit me the wrong way. So I you know I I didn't think that the the villainous aspect of it was all that great. And uh, and once you get the reveal on the real villain, that starts to make more sense because we don't really necessarily they weren't supposed to be the big bad. You know, they were supposed to be the the distraction, essentially. Right. Yeah. Shane, any thoughts on any of that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I you know, I totally agree with you on the whole uh, Danny Houston thing. I think I'm kind of I used to like him. I think I'm kind of out on him. Mm -hmm. But in terms of his villain and then with Dr. Maru or Dr. Poison, whatever, they were both kind of mediocre. But you know what? I mean, we talked about this uh, when we talked about Suicide Squad, where I felt like the third act was a giant misfire because it was a complete misunderstanding of who the characters are. I what I liked about this movie, uh, without getting too deep into spoilers, is that the real villain of this film was humanity essentially, or mankind. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of our nature of we're complicated because we're good and we can also be kind of bad. So really what this movie was about is it, and this is one of the reasons why I enjoyed it so much is this movie wasn't about wonder woman punching a bad guy in the face. It was about her struggling with her own, her kind of overcoming her own struggle of, humanity is good humanity is bad do i want to be a part of this do i want to help them do i want to abandon them kind of whatever it was an internal struggle and i think that is what made the finale of this movie more powerful for me so i totally agree that those villains were a little weak but at a certain point i didn't care because i realized towards the third act that's those they were just people like literally to her they were just people so whether they were good or interesting characters doesn't really matter essentially agree yeah, I, I think so too. I, how did you feel? And we need to hit spoilers now because there's a lot of okay, cool twists. I didn't stuff. want to dig too. Yeah. I didn't want to dig yeah. too too well, deep. Let's spoiler yeah. alert coming right now. Spoilers coming up for Wonder Woman. Go see it. Come back to us if you want to hear our spoiler thoughts. So, how did you guys feel about the actual twist of the film? I I think it. Uh, I, I kind of saw it coming. There's one line in the movie. Where I think it's Chris Pine. I almost said Evans. Chris Pine calls back to his secretary. The secretary character was very funny and yeah, a cool good. little, uh, like this movie really represents women well. I mean, they're, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, there are big, big, small, you know, black, white, every, everybody is represented in this movie, even on the male side of things, you know, uh, the kind of band of brothers that they build to go into war, you know, the little troop mm -hmm, that they mm -hmm. assemble with the actor and the Irishman and all that, or the Scottish guy and Chris Pine and Wonder Woman. It's really, really cool to see that diversity in these movies. 
and uh, it works well. It didn't it didn't feel forced when they can make the characters work. You know, yeah, uh, it didn't feel mm-hmm. like token characters in, in any sense of the word. But it it was it was in that scene where he calls back and kind of says, "All right, here's what we're going to go do. Here's how we're going to win the war." And the guy says, you know, I forbid you to do that. You know, uh, that was kind of the, the line to me. I was like, okay, this is what's going to happen, you know. And mm-hmm. the maybe the only disingenuous disingenuous thing about the movie, to me, at the end, was kind of the typical third act kind of big action scene at the end. Uh, I wanted an action scene, but maybe I thought it would be a little scaled down than that. It wouldn't go full just CGI in the last 12 minutes of the movie or so. And maybe I was a little disappointed by that, that I had to sit through a kind of big destructive action scene Mm -hmm. at the end. I thought it could have been way more scaled. Similar to like the scenes we had earlier in the movie, like the street fight scene with where she kind of uh, on earth for the first time or uh, in America for the first time has a, has you know discovers her powers with before she goes into battle sure. and then that battle scene where we do get the hero shot and we see her in the costume for the first time is just totally awesome and when the bullets are just ricocheting Gosh, off her so, shield such it's such a, cool a such a cool Best image. scene in the movie by like a long shot right yeah, yeah and we've seen this before we've seen the shield even in world war ii before with with the vibranium captain america shield but for some reason yeah. when it's on her it's just that much more awesome and the sword is great and the lasso is great and you know that the the invisible jet's gonna come into play at some point <laughs> in these movies but that was all it's just so cool and a really impactful moment too is when they're going to war when they the wounded soldiers are like coming back as they're leaving you know that's a really yeah. um impactful moment yeah too, it's for like touching movie didn't yeah. expect that at all from this kind of this type of film especially the dc side of it i didn't expect to have a little emotion tied to everything. Yeah. I've heard a few complaints about the physics of Wonder Woman and Shane, this is where you're going to really help is, you know, is she really just crazy ability wise in in typical DC fashion? Like the scene that comes to mind is when they like hoist her up to, to knock out the sniper, you know, like the physics physics of that don't seem right at all. Is she like super fast or is there something that explains that in the comic book lore other than like, uh, wow, she was way faster than a normal human would have been other than her being very strong and like basically invincible. Wonder woman is kind of one of those characters very much like captain America in the comics where their abilities are kind of pliable based off of what the story needs. Mm. So, you know, there have been many comics where she can do things like that. There are many comics where she's a lot closer to just kind of a regular human being. I mean, some of her origin story in the comics, sometimes it is that she's actually molded from clay. Some of the times is that she's a daughter of Zeus. It kind of changes depending on the writer of the comics or whatever the story needs. So it certainly wasn't me watching the movie and it being familiar enough with Wonder Woman. There was nothing that struck me as like, oh, she's never been able to do that before. Okay. You know, th- there was nothing seemed out of the ordinary. But unlike somebody like, you know, Superman or kind of whatever that has very set defined powers of what they can do or, you know, Aquaman, who can just talk to fish and swim. I guess that's about the best you got there. Like her, her powers are just kind of eh, whatever they're kind of, eh, we can stretch them one way or the other. Okay, good. That's good to know. I didn't know if this betrayed any of the origin 
at all or anything like that. That's the only kind of complaints that I've seen is uh is that the action physics of the action might have been a little exaggerated in some mm-hmm. parts, but that's fine. I that it didn't bother me at all. Yeah, that never bothers me so much because I'm like, well, it's a, it's an action, it's a superhero action movie, so that's going to, to happen. Uh-huh. My my complaint on that side of things would be more that her her escalation of power and in the third act or in the final sequence changes the stakes of what she can uh-huh. do, and therefore what the can happen. Yeah, well, just like the whole, I mean, she just eradicates a god from the face <laughs> of the earth. And so that's always my major complaint with Superman is that Superman is super boring to me because there's no, there's nothing, it, nothing can happen that he can't figure out how to stop. Um, and so I don't, you know, I know that these movies, it's never going to be a case where there's actual stakes as far as the superhero actually dying truthfully, but you want to feel like there's a limitation to what can be done. And I thought that was really well done up until the very last couple of sequences and then when she just fully unleashes it you're like okay so what what can happen in wonder woman 2 that is going to be able to to push her or or put any any tension into the story because she just did this you know like that's that always that it can be done i'm sure they can find a way if if, you know patty jenkins is great so she can figure out but it, it does change the way it it it, kind of limits what you can do moving forward as far as things that actually pose a threat to her. Cause totally. up to that point, I don't think that was the case. I thought, I thought I enjoyed that. She kind of really was discovering what her powers are and what she can do and who she is and all that sort of stuff. And as long as you have that lurking, there's plenty of ways to bring in threats that are a little bit lesser than, you know, an actual, <laughs> an actual God. So, well, it's interesting to see how they're going to essentially set up the sequel, because if you guys remember at the beginning of Batman Superman, she's very hesitant to kind of join into the battle. Right. And when she's talking to Bruce Wayne at the end of the movie, she was saying like, oh, I helped humanity before and they let me down blah, blah, blah. blah. I don't want anything to do with this. So at the end of this movie, when she seems very keen on helping mankind, it's interesting. So what to me, that's going to be the sequel is, okay, what is the battle or what is the fight that she got in that essentially broke her? Mm-hmm. And made her want to go back into hiding to where, you know, in 2017 or whatever, she doesn't want to help Batman, you know, fight Agreed. his fight or whatever. So I I think they kind of set up the sequel really well where it's like, what what happened to her? You know, like, sure. I'm already super curious to find out what, what went on, what went, you know, what happened. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that the next time we're seeing her is going to be in Justice League. I want to Same. see, I want I want this to be. Her in, the 50, her in yep. the 50s, her in the 70s, her in the 90s. I want I want way more Wonder Woman before present day Wonder Woman. I want to know what happens mm-hmm. between in her past, you know, and just rocking out to Atlantis and Lisa yeah. Loeb in the 90s. <laughs> There's four of so, them. So, Richard, you want in the 90s car. Wonder Woman? Is that what you're yeah. saying? So he's yeah. going to Lilith Fair, living it up. We're catching up yeah. on like <laughs> Frasier reruns. Yeah. Wow. How, how funny would that be? But yeah. it could, it could, it could happen, I guess, with the Wonder Woman sequels. I've heard the next one is taking place in America, awesome. uh, so that's maybe something to look forward to. Is how they're gonna how they're gonna bring her to uh, just to us. This is more of the UK. I understand that, but uh, how how is Chris Pine working for the UK? Why does he not have a British accent? Where they just like we're not even gonna try no, to have you do that. 
He's American. They they say there's like a one line, like of, one line of that. Like okay. he got he got loaned out to MI6. Basically. Okay, there you go. Uh, this find a way to get me not to do a British accent. Yes. In this. Okay, and, and we'll I do it. <laughs> very much appreciate that. Yeah. Like, just find one line where we can we can plausibly believe that this is happening rather yeah. than Robin Wright doing an accent. You know? Did you guys hear the? Well, funny that you say that though, Brian. Did you guys hear the thing about the accents with all the Themyscarians or uh-huh. with with? So apparently. Gail Godot struggles with doing accents other than her own natural Israeli accent. Hmm. And so instead of forcing her to do all of this awkward American dialogue, almost everybody who has speaking parts from Themyscira, like Robin Wright and Connie Nielsen, they all learn to do essentially an Israeli accent Hmm. to kind of back her up. I think it perfectly works great for the story, but it's just interesting that everybody else kind of learned an accent around Gil Godot instead of the other way around. Yeah. It works. You, yeah. you don't even question it's it. It's worth it to get Gil Godot, Gil Godot so that's yeah. fine. Well, we will learn Israeli accents if she wants to come on. Absolutely, man. Uh, so one word of one word of uh, advice to DC going forward for a sequel. Uh, we're all super excited. Sincerely, like we can't wait. This is now a franchise that we're fired up about, at least Wonder Woman specific. Mm-hmm. Um, take your time. It doesn't yeah. have to come out yeah. in January. And if it takes two or three years, that's, that's okay. We'd rather it be good. It'll yeah. be okay. And if Marvel releases four movies in that time, that's okay. That's okay too. Yeah. <laughs> that, okay. that money doesn't count against you. <laughs> you know, that's not <laughs> when they make two billion dollars, you don't have to pay it. It's it's okay. <laughs> so so let them do whatever they're doing. Well that changes just, everything. Yeah. <laughs> and just take your time and make something good. Yeah, I agree. And another line that they kind of throw in here, uh, similar to the one uh about uh Zeus and molded from clay. Was I was wondering like how is, how are they speaking English? You know, if they've lived on this island for their entire lives, wouldn't they have made their own language, right? And then she just says, "I know a thousand languages." Okay, mm-hmm. I believe you. Yeah, <laughs> she that's why she knows English so well because she knows a thousand. Lang- and they had that little moment where she's talking the different languages with the uh, actor guy character, mm-hmm. and that was cool. And you know, those guys did serve a purpose. Like I said, like there's the scene where. He has to drive them through the German camp, you know, and he, they have to pose as the soldiers, you know. Right. That 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 would make sense that he was an actor. It's not just a throwaway kind of. We need to give this guy a backstory like that. Actually, used his ability as an actor to to solve something and for that to come into play some at some point. That's really smart writing, and I appreciated that. Yeah. That um, maybe something that felt a little bit uh, disappointing was the fact that she kind of has this moment where she discovers that there's no Aries, right? Like maybe that she's, she's stuck in the real world now, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, the, and she has sort that really, crisis of really faith, crisis right? of faith moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. where she has to rediscover her motivations, mm-hmm. but then it's like, Oh, psych. Nope. Here's Aries. You know, it, it, yeah. how did you feel about that? I felt it would have been a much more impactful ending had it been like, not that everything was betrayed that she had ever learned and, and she was lied to her whole life was that maybe that the Aries stuff has passed her by in 800 years or whatever, sure. you know, like maybe they, that that's not a, an issue anymore. We have our own issues now as mankind, you know, uh, how did you feel about how that was kind of worked in or solved in the end? Again, it felt a little bit cliche for it to happen and then for it to be such a bombastic 
mm-hmm. CGI driven sequence. Sure. But, yeah, uh, you kind of expect Iron yeah. Man suits to come flying out. Exactly. <laughs> as it's, as it's At least there wasn't another sky beam. If there would have been another yeah, sky beam, yeah. I would have walked out. Yeah. You know what? I, I will say, too, as much as we've all kind of tired of that sort of third act and the way that, that pretty much all these movies end, this one, one thing that it did very well was it made... Um, it made the sense of foreboding, for foreboding, foreboding doom. Um, that's a new word I invented. You guys, uh, I'll apply it to Webster's and see what uh, we can you do. know. It's foreboding. It's, it's when you make it's, shoes in advance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hi-yo, for, uh, foreboding is the subtitle for the like I think Pirates fourteen. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, good. Let's get another one of those. Uh, I think that the that sense of of foreboding doom is done in in like a little bit of a smaller scale. And I think that makes it feel or or maybe even like not even necessarily a smaller scale, but as a this is what's going to come. This is what is going to come to pass rather than if we don't stop these aliens right now, the entire world is going to blow up in 12 minutes. Like this is this area is going to blow up and then that's going to lead to another sort of uh, chemical warfare. And that's going to lead to this and that's going to lead to this. And sort of setting off the chain of events that will lead to the destruction of the war. So that to me felt, for one, it feels organic to this story. But it also gave you like just a slight respite from um, end of the world syndrome that most of these movies end up with. I really like how she's just Diana in the movie. They're not like, we shall call you Wonder Woman. I thought that would have been so dumb. And I don't even think they say that at any point. They don't. In the they, movie. don't. they don't say Wonder Woman ever, and it's yeah. awesome. And it's not like, well, we need at the end of Fantastic Fant Four Stick, Fantastic Four, we have to uh, come, come, up with, come up with their name because we haven't mm-hmm. mentioned it yet. You know, it was so dumb, and it yeah. would have felt really like it took you out of it if they had had a moment like that in this. So uh, that's fine. Okay, the most unbelievable part of the movie, in my opinion, is. Uh, Wonder Woman would not use a Surface Pro tablet. I mean, come on, guys. She's we know she's a she's a Mac head in uh, in the real world. Uh, Bill Belichick threw that down in disgust. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is not a that, that's funny product placement though that that you notice in these types of movies. But uh, maybe one thing that could have been a lot stronger and more impactful would be the score. I don't remember the Wonder Woman theme or anything like that. And I thought about that as soon as I was leaving the movie. Uh, if the score really had the impact that it did, I don't think it really did. It could have been, as I mean, it's not John Williams or anything like that. Let's, let's be frank, but it could have been more impactful in more moments, more thematic, maybe more fanfare sure. than it had. It was a little bit too forgetful and mm-hmm. uh, for such a powerful, iconic character as Wonder Woman. Maybe they'll improve that with the uh with the sequel but man something else that this well, movie Go no ahead. i sorry kent if i may no yeah. i i totally i agree with you i think what happened there is essentially hans zimmer composed the theme for wonder woman in batman superman it's kind of that like mm-hmm. raging electric kind of guitar and it's cool and it works for a scene but when you make a score for a film it kind of builds organically throughout the film mm-hmm. and so when you have these giant kind of action sequences you know, it kind of it, all of the themes kind of come together and it kind of builds into this huge memorable thing. John Williams does that a lot, but I think whoever composed the score for this movie, and I don't know who that was, but I didn't they were already, the name. yeah, and they were already capped at the knees because it's like, well, Hans Zimmer wrote 
the cool action piece. So I have to write an entire score around this three minute segment that he that's already been done, regardless of whether it fits into this movie or not. Yeah, I, I, I that that's a good point. I I heard that theme in this movie at one moment in one of the big scenes, but I thought that was like the Justice League theme. Is it not? Is it more Wonder Woman's no, theme? I know you're like the screaming guitar. Her, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly. really cool. That's, that's a really that's cool Justice, to be her theme. Yeah, I, I think, think the it's Justice cool. League I just don't know if it God's fits. Mac, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 Godsmack covering "Come Together" by the Beatles. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> I heard that I heard that Smash Mouth was coming back to do the score for Justice League. Uh, <laughs> that's better. That would be okay. very American. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow, cool. Something else that this movie really got right Body is the <laughs> is the posters of the every single freaking poster for this movie is yeah, amazing, gorgeous. Yeah, I agree. Like you don't, I mean, Spider-Man homecoming is proof that not every poster is good. <laughs> oh, Definitely. That poster not. is so bad. That poster is so bad. It is really bad. There are several fan posters that have come out for homecoming that are way better than mm. what was actually the poster. So, um, man, that's all I got on my notes. Any other thoughts, uh, any other things you guys wanted to mention on on Wonder Woman? There are a ton of Easter eggs and stuff in this. I didn't stay for the post credit scene. There, there wasn't had, one. There wasn't one? Okay, good. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I had a prior commitment I had to, had to run to, mm-hmm. but. Oh, uh, you're um, lucky for you because it glad. was a file. It was a file scene. They just threw a file <laughs> on a desk and it was uh, Cyborg. And, I uh, hate I those. Like, oh, Kent, Kent's going to be so furious. I hate <laughs> the files. Files are the worst. <laughs> I will say I thought the some of the action looked great and some of it looked terrible. So there is that. Like there was they need to whoever they Which got parts doing didn't you like? Spinning Wonder Woman was pretty bad to me. That was vid- it was video game esque. And that mm-hmm. I, I hate that. I can't stand Let-Eddie, that look. Let Eddie in. Yeah. 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 Yeah, if if Louis Lettier directed a video game, that's what some of that stuff looked like. And some of it on the island was the same way. Some a lot of that slow motion stuff, it yeah. felt very Snyder-esque. Yes, I hundred. That's that's exactly what I would get at. I think that was maybe the one place in this movie where I felt like I could see the Snyder influence. They really need to change whoever's doing their special effects. They need to get a different firm yeah. or something because it this this movie was. I you know look I I get action sequences are hard especially when you're trying to focus on showing how cool and good uh your main character is but you can do it without it becoming uh shoddy and 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 jokish in ways that uh so that that i would have liked to have seen that cleaned up and it was weird you know the the sequence where they go into the town was really cool and she was awesome just like bursting through walls and wrecking shop left and right and you'd have a minute of really great action followed by 10 seconds of that sort of spinning bad, bad effect action, CGI action. And I was, it, it was disconcerting to me at times or confusing. I was just like, what's, what's happening here? I, I, I don't know that, that, that bothered me a bit um, that I, and I'd like to see that cleaned up moving forward for this, for this franchise in particular, but for the whole stinking cool. DC universe. Yeah. I, I like the slow-mo just because of the fact that when she's stopping bullets, you're like, mm-hmm. how is she no, doing this? Cool. Yeah. And then it shows yeah. her kind of sixth sense, spider senses mm-hmm. tingling kind of abilities. And when mm-hmm. she's stopping the bullets, I think it really yeah. works well. But that is very Snydery in a way. Uh, that's all I got, man. Shane, you got any any more thoughts on Wonder Woman? 
Yeah, this was great. I mean, I, I think this is the first DC film that really feels like a giant success. And if anybody from Warner Brothers is listening, please, like Joss Whedon is taking a front seat in Justice League. James Wan is directing uh, Aquaman and then whoever ends up directing Flash or the rest of these movies, please just let them make their movie and, mm-hmm. and get out of the way. Because clearly it worked for Patty Jenkins, who was talented, and just let these guys make movies. I guarantee you will like the results. And so will the audience, more importantly. Maybe Mm -hmm. this is the year of women in Hollywood. I really hope it is. Because last year kind of felt like it was going to be, and the results were disappointing, right? The, the, uh, uh, you thought that, I guess, was Ghostbusters last year or the year before? I can't even remember at this point. It was last year? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 2016. That was disappointing. We thought that was going to be great. Uh, you know, Rogue One had a female lead, and people were disappointed by her in that movie. Uh, this feels like it's going to be the year for, of women. Uh, you know, with, with Wonder Woman, first of all, and then Atomic Blonde is getting good buzz with Charlize Theron, and then Catherine Bigelow's got a movie coming out later, and then we have The Ocean's female lead yes. movie coming out very so soon as well Bigelow. yeah um, Bigelow's my girl Bigelow is great and Detroit looks really good and we'll be talking about that later this summer I'm sure awesome. in August but so awesome. this is going to be this is really encouraging and awesome and great to see and I'm, I'm just really excited about movies right now you know this like restores your faith in like big budget cool story movies great directors cool new actresses actors and it's, it's what I like to see and talk about in the summer. Good times. Good times. You hope the rest of the movies this summer are, are just as good. Yeah. Yeah. This set the standard for sure for, mm-hmm. for the summer. This and Guardians are like the blockbuster blockbusters. They're on a different sides of the coin. I understand. But uh, they, they, did, they knew what they wanted to do and did it well. Uh, Richard, do you have any closing thoughts on Wonder Woman before we hit grades? No. No. All, all positive. All positive out of me. Good job. Good job out of DC and WB, sincerely. And uh, hope, hopefully we get more. Okay, I'm going to give this an A. Really enjoyed it, and I think it accomplishes everything it set out to do for the most part. So uh, I think you can really pick apart literally any movie if you want to. Not really going to do we, that. We, we I, I, I kind of have. I, uh, I've kind of said anything that <laughs> could be an issue, but for me, I, I don't care. Uh, this was awesome. Really, really encouraging. So, A, Brian. Yeah, it's an A for me as well. Um, I think I think Gal Gadot is great, and I'm on totally on board for uh, for anything Chris Pine wants to do. Uh, I think he's our our fellow Wondery podcast, the Popcast, named him the most Chris or the best Chris of all the Chris's right now, and I <laughs> I think I agree with that. I think he's. I mean, I love Chris Pratt, but I think uh, I think Chris Pine might be having his moment right now. So, no, this is great, and I and I really hope. This is I really would like to see this be the sign of things to come um, and that we can put all this other nonsense in the past. So it's it's an A for me. Shane. Absolutely. I would say an A. I, I don't know really what else you could want from a Wonder Woman movie. I feel like this mm-hmm. is kind of delivered on all the fronts that you could really hope for for a Wonder Woman and a superhero movie. And I think it did it all uh, very well. So absolutely solid A for me as well. Uh, and Richard. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go A minus. Well, wow, you hate three women, A's. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I clearly, I, I mean, I've made that clear. It's because it's about a woman, right? That you put the right. minus. Absolutely, okay. yeah. of course. <laughs> 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 I don't know, Wonder Man would have probably been a lot, <laughs> a lot better. Uh, okay. 
Great, great times. And next time we'll be talking DC, Shane, you'll be probably joining us in Justice League this fall. You can take my spot. I will be ready for Justice League. We'll see. (laughs) Sure you will. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) It's one of us. And let's hit a quick week recommend. Weekly recommends. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to recommend another uh, movie starring a woman superhero, Catwoman, on Netflix right now. You die right no, now. I'm just kidding. It is on Netflix, though. It's funny. I'm just seeing on, on my list here of uh, new streaming stuff. But I'm going to recommend another superhero movie that just came out on, uh, I guess it is, came out a couple months ago on on the old uh, DVD, but it just did hit Netflix, Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one that uh, kind of got buried last year for the, for, a, in a lot, for a lot of reasons, but one that I really enjoyed and one that I wasn't expecting to be as enjoyable as it was. And it was fun to revisit it this past weekend. And uh, that's one worth checking out if you haven't yet. Doctor Strange. I don't know how much more we're going to see that character in the in the uh, Marvel Universe. Hopefully enough to make it worth them doing a whole movie on him. But it was really, really fun. And uh, he's kind of surreal in a lot of ways and, and cool. So Doctor Strange, available now to stream. That's my recommend. Uh, Brian. Nice. I'm going to recommend a, a place. I don't think I've ever done that before on the show, but I went today uh, with some... Hooters again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> love the wings. Uh, and the soup. Can't get enough. Just got a great hot dog, gourmet hot dog. Um, I went to today with some buddies to uh, to play top golf. Hadn't done that before. It was pretty dope. Uh, I had a good time. I hadn't swung a golf club in 16 or 17 years, and so I was pretty terrible at it, but it was... Uh, man, it was a lot of fun, so... If you have a top golf in your area, you want to check that out. And if you don't, I guess you should come here. I don't know. Right here. Or Vegas. Yeah. I hear they have them in Vegas. Yeah, now they have too, them in so. Vegas. Yeah. yeah. There's one in New York, awesome. too, I think, now, too. Yeah. So. Look at that. If you don't know it what is, it is, it's an Austin based. Yeah. It's Man, like it bowling, so bowling with yeah. golf. Yeah. A lot of fun. Had a good time with that. Nice. RB, how about you, man? Yeah. I'm just going to recommend. Uh, there's a couple new. I'm going to double recommend the. Uh, Sarah Silverman and the Norm Macdonald uh, Netflix specials both had me had me tickled, and uh, the kind of boom of 2017 Netflix specials is is pretty fun. So uh, yeah, both those specials are great. Shane, I am super glad, Richard, that you didn't steal my recommend. I was worried that you were going to do it, but uh, uh, David Sedaris has a new book oh, that has yeah, just come out it. last I've week. It. It's good. I'm about halfway through. It's really great. It's called Theft by Finding. And it's a collection of his diaries. Apparently, they're doing two volumes because this one is 1977 to 2002. And then I think later in the year, 2003 to 2017 is coming okay, out. Cool. But uh, Sedaris is a uh, humorist. He's a he's just a great writer. Uh, I think Richard's recommended him a number of times before on the show. But he was the first writer I ever like really fell in love with in like seventh or eighth grade. He was on Letterman yeah. or something. I was like, this guy seems cool. And then I read everything. And that's how much smarter Richard is than everybody else is. He fell in love with Sedaris at seventh grade. I fell in love with him like senior year of college. (laughs) No, but I didn't read anything else for like another 10 years. So, I mean, it wasn't, uh, wasn't like I was, I was, I just, that was one thing I was cool on. Yeah. But Sedaris is great. The, the, I'm about halfway through the book. It's really funny. It's, you know, it's his diary entry. So it's kind of a weird, like almost kind of voyeuristic look into his life, but he's still, even as like a 23 year old drug addict, he's still a funny writer. So, (laughs) 
Uh, you know, Are so we I would. <laughs> so David Sedaris theft by finding is out on bookshelves now. Good recommend. Nice. Good times. Well, Shane, we know you're anti-social media, but we can fo- <laughs> find you on Facebook. Uh, it's Shane and Byerly, B-I-E-R-L-E-Y, right? That's exactly right. Shane. And you know what? Some of the Mad About Movies fans have, and thank you guys. It's always a pleasure. Like I say, as long as you don't mind a bunch of random posts about Batman and my dog. Yeah, his dog's enormously cute, as we always say, so that's fine. <laughs> you won't mind his dog. More dog posts, honestly. Less Batman, more dog. <laughs> done, right. done, and done. Agreed. Till they can turn things around. Uh, good times. Thanks for coming on, and we will have you on again shortly, I'm sure. Uh, Always a pleasure, guys. Yeah, good times. Brian, where can we have you? Where can we find you? You can find me on... <laughs> well, you can have me on the Twitter as well. I have you. Uh, yeah, on the a different account, though. You can, <laughs> <have to laughs> uh, <laughs> you can find me on the Twitter at Beagle12. You can find my writing of MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which will probably be out next week. We'll see. Yeah. Richard, where can we We're find working you? On it. We're working on it. You can find me on all social medias, Instagram, the Snapchats, the... The Twitter is at Richard Barden. You can find me in the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter, which is, as Brian said, uh, it, it's we've sent it to the editors, and so they're they're combing through it uh, and taking out all the all the uh, all the f bombs. Um, can't where can the one I, you think. no, neither are the ones you think. <laughs> can't where can they I have find to clean you? up all the Illuminati references? <laughs> You're right. Uh, the you the can... hints that I'm secretly Banksy. Go ahead, Kent. Where can I find you? <laughs> find me on Twitter at Kent. Garrison, find us online, madaboutmoviespodcast.com and on iTunes at Mad About Movies. If you like what you hear, leave us five stars. That's That helps grow the show. Tell a friend. We'll be here weekly to break down uh, all the movies that we can over the next six weeks this summer. It's going to be a busy time. We're going to get all the reviews in we possibly can, all the throwback episodes in we possibly can. So stay tuned for that. And until next week, in which we'll be talking about The Mummy. So get your Brendan mm. Fraser zeitgeist prepared. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, The New Mummy with Tom Cruise. So we'll talk about that next week, and we'll see you at the seminar. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.